This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning. (laughs) You sound like you're wearing a mask. Well, I am. Well, you are. I am. (laughs) I am. I better let the folks know who don't have a TV camera yes. uh, or, or you know, online web, yes. uh, watching us that I am holding up a, <laughs> a mask that I got at Primitive Designs, uh-huh. just a little bit. I think it's two kilometers north of Port Hope. <laughs> and uh, I had originally thought, well, I'm going to come in as Hugh Hefner. You'd look a so great I, well, Hugh yeah. Hefner. I've got, you know, the... The, the whole the velvet smoking jacket. I couldn't find my cummerbund. Oh, I wow. ran out of time looking for my cummerbund. <laughs> well, I can see you very well so, because I'm wearing multi pairs of glasses. That's why I decided to <laughs> use the mask. Isn't that? Isn't that? It classic? goes well with Hugh Hefner. Yeah, oh, well, totally, exactly. Got a patch over the eye and everything. Well, look at you. <laughs> well, yes, you know, I just thought, wasn't so worried about the clothing. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to dig through. Well, last night I was carving a pumpkin, so yeah. I was digging through for you, you carving like, tools. Uh, uh, Albert Einstein on a bad day. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> she cut this Whoops. fuzzy wig on and hitting my glasses on the microphone. Knock, well, knock yeah. your socks off. Yeah, so it's uh, pretty silly. And uh, yeah. happy Halloween, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and what well, good news for people who are going to go out tonight mm. that full moon is absolutely gorgeous. Oh. You saw it coming in this morning, right? Right. Well, I came in yep. this morning. So I came yep. in from 200 kilometers away yep. and it was dark. Yep. And the moon was very, very bright. Just dropping down yeah. into, onto the western horizon as the, the sun, sun was coming, coming up. up. Yeah. And it was all crystal clear. Beautiful, beautiful and, morning. And, uh, you know, if uh, if uh, folks are going to take the kids out tonight, mm. uh, temp's going to be all right. Uh, yeah, and, about, and no rain. Do you remember yeah. last year? It yeah. poured oh, rain yeah. Yeah. on Halloween. It was horrible. Yeah. Now, a, a lot of people will decide, you know, no. But if you are, yeah. the temps, you're going to cooperate. Well, it's, I'm hoping. The lowest is three overnight. So, yeah. Well, you know. the littler kids come out early anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I have true. a few kids on my street, so I'm hoping that they're going to come out. I oh. have one of those big boxes of chocolate, and I don't want to <laughs> eat it all. <laughs> do you know, Charlie, um, I better let folks know that we yes. are here to do the garden we show. We are. Yes. And we'd love to hear and from I them. I better give you the uh, numbers here, okay? Because we, we do need uh, calls. Well, okay. We can chat for an hour. Oh, sure. We got <laughs> in in Toronto, call four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then toll free anywhere in the province one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. You know, I had some terrific news this past and week. What was that? 
Well, I, I, as you know, mm-hmm. I, I had a cancer operation uh, July 26th of 2019, right. so a little more than a year ago. Right. And uh, they've been having me, it started out with, you know, every four months you get checked. Now it's every six months. Mm-hmm. So last week uh, I went in to see my respirologist and had some really good news that uh, she had a peek at the test of the CAT scan that I had done about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I'm clear. Good for the stuff. next six months. Yeehaw. So, Yahoo! I'll yeah. tell you, you know, regardless of what you tell yourself, your yeah. mind kind of plays on that mm-hmm. sort of thing, doesn't it? But uh, so I've decided, okay, I'm going to help out with Movember. I'm going to be uh, growing a beard. I've, I've shaved this morning. That's Are you going to grow beard too? Yeah, the, the, the whole, whole thing, the whole whole oh, beard. Oh my goodness yeah. gracious! No yeah, hugs yeah. from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm looking for a bit of support. Yeah. So folks, if if you can, I I would really love you to go. Online to Movember Canada, and there's a little thing that'll come up there. Donate, put in my name, Frank Proctor, and that's an O R at the end of Proctor, and whatever you can afford. Uh, I, I, I really, I think it's six hundred and ten dollars I've raised uh, thus far in the last couple of days. Well, so Movember is in uh, support of prostate cancer, is it? And not? all sorts of other oh, uh, mental it? health oh, okay. issues oh, for men. Okay. Yes. Uh, all sorts. Of, they got twelve hundred and fifty projects apparently huh. that they're helping out. So it really is uh, something that um, I fully support, obviously, and and I uh, hope other folks will too. So anyway, uh, if you can donate uh, something, that'd be great. Doesn't have to be a huge amount, but you know, uh, a little bit can go a long way, right? I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, um, are we getting called? Oh yeah, we are. Well, um, it looks like yeah, Carlos is busy there answering the phone. Just a, a reminder. Yeah. We gain an hour. Oh, right. Yes. So set your clock. That's we right. Say bye bye to daylight savings times. We're back to regular, regular time. In the fall, time. you fall back. That's right. I love this day. Spring, you spring for yeah, yeah, the twenty-five hour oh, day. Yeah, yeah, it's my Lovely. favorite day of the year. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, okay. Uh, I think we're uh, ready to take our first break, right? All right. We'll do that. Charlie Dobbin, our uh, resident uh, expert, shall we say? Yeah. Look like a nutcase, though. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> I better stop there. I'm going to get in trouble. All right. Back in just a moment here on Zuma Radio, it's The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, uh, you know what I forgot to do right off the top? is Yes, I do know. Right. (laughs) So, here we go. Uh, I'm going to give you the phone numbers first, then our mantra. Well, I'd love you to call this number, 416-360-0740, or the uh, long-distance toll-free line, 1-866-740-4740. When you call, please keep in mind, uh, one question per call, right? But also and, keep in mind, yes. call early, call, call often. often. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then that's the one question yeah. per call, because we've had a number of shows where one person had two questions, but yeah. got through twice. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Right? And I also know from having done this for 13 and a half years that we'll have full lines at, at the end of the show. The yeah. end of the show. And you go crazy so trying to get stuff call in. call in now because yeah. we have only one caller yep. on hold right now. And uh, if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Carlos, our operator, know and... You're going to hear that. You're going to get your wings, your garden wings, before you get to the airwaves. Okay? All right. Super stuff. And I see the callers are coming in now. Fast and furious. Good. (laughs) Let's go to Waterdown. Isn't that uh, toward Hamilton? Very close. I love Waterdown. Yeah. Yeah, Hillary online. Good morning, Hillary. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Excellent. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I was I went to a nursery some time ago. I put in a bunch of small shrubs, uh, so this will be their first winter. Um, there's boxwood and some little yellow dome dome shaped cedars and a, a lavender tree. Um, the gentleman said it would be okay the small stuff to actually buy some cheap buckets and just put buckets over them. And I didn't know whether that was advisable, so I would like to know if that was okay to do that. So, did you plant them in the spring or the fall? Um, I planted them um, actually July, August time. Okay, so midsummer. And what what would actually really make a difference? Because you are in a pretty mild part of the province. You don't get uh-huh. super extreme colds or hot being as close as you are to the lake. Um, however, the cedar you mentioned and the boxwood you mentioned are evergreens. And of course, we are getting to that time of the year where many people say to themselves, oh, it's time to put the hose away. And yet, we want to make sure that all of our evergreens are very well watered before the ground freezes. Okay. And of course, the ground is far from frozen now. Yeah. So depending on where you've planted those, if they're in a lot of sun, a lot of wind, like a, that southwest location being the windy, uh, sunny location, evergreens dry out or desiccate in the winter. From yeah, the wind I was told that at the nursery that they love, they'll search for water all the time. They're actually yellow cedars. They're beautiful. Yeah. So they do need sun where you plant them to stay yellow. So putting buckets over top can work. It wouldn't be my favorite thing because the problem with buckets is you trap a lot of what could be very moist air under the bucket because, you know, it's solid. Rather than buckets, I'd be inclined to grab uh, some burlap at your yeah, local garden center. Yeah, that's what center. I usually do. Yeah, <laughs> just do a loose wrap, not a tight wrap because you don't want to trap air. Again, you don't want to trap cold air inside okay. those little shrubs. But but just a, a gen, like a loose wrap, two times around, stapled, and you should be good for any of those. And you mentioned a lavender tree. Yes, it, it's really pretty. Yeah, and I, I wasn't sure. I mean, it looks okay after even the cold night last night, but I don't, you know, I'm wondering, I don't know whether it'll survive the snow? Yes, I'm not sure. Do you have any idea? It is a perennial, it's a angustifolia. Do you remember what the name is on it? I don't. I'm sorry. No, okay. I know my lavender plants. You know, they're yeah. per, that's perennial. But I, but I've never had a tree, little tree before. Nice. Well, there are some annual lavender as well. So, uh, best thing again is in a lot of wind and sun. The lavender. Well, tree? I get the sun all day, but we see because we have a field at the end of the street. We get a lot of wind from the north. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, a, a gentle wrap around that lavender might be a good idea because it is up above the ground and it's grafted up high. So a gentle wrap around that plant as well for the first season. And hopefully you don't have to do any more protection in the future. And the boxwood too, just do yep. the same. Yeah, just for the first year. Yeah, that's what I was told. Thank yeah. you very much. And Frank, I think you should grow a beard. That's great. Okay, <laughs> yes, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Itchy though it may be. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you very, very much. Okay, thank you, Hillary. 
Thanks Thank for you. Bye bye. Delighted to have you here on the show on a Saturday morning uh-huh. uh, from Scarborough. Now I I hope I'm pronouncing uh, Aria. Is that correct from Scarborough? Syria. I'm sorry. Uh, Alright, there you go. It's close, it's close enough. Okay, <laughs> thank you. And welcome to the show. Good morning, um, Charlie and Frank. Uh-huh. Um, I have one question. I don't know what it's called in English. I think it's Hodenza. A lot of people have them for Easter. The big, uh, they come in pink and little purple and white. And there are also plants that are planted outside. Mm. Now, how far do they have to be cut down now in the fall? Just the flower or down to the ground? All right, so the plant is called hydrangea. Hydrangea, thank yeah, you. Very popular plant, given as a gift typically around Easter and Mother's Day. Is that what you have? That's, is one that's that, right, exactly. So that is a florist hydrangea when they're given to you flowering in the spring. Because those plants naturally outside will bloom more like late June, early July. So they've been forced to flower early. Yeah. And the, the varieties they choose for the growing in the greenhouses are not super hardy. So do you you still have it inside or did you plant it outside? I planted outside and it got beautiful flowers. Nice. What I would do is I would leave it completely alone. I wouldn't do any cutting down whatsoever for the for this coming winter. You could, as we get a little colder, mm-hmm. you know, we get real cold, um, you know, so the ground starts to freeze kind of cold, so right. it's still a few weeks away. Uh, mound some leaves around it or if you have some earth, you know, kicking around or some extra mulch, just mound so that the crown of the plant is yes. protected. So the leaves will fall off with the uh, you know, heavy frost coming. And yeah. A little, like, like we do on roses. We give them a little bit of a hill over top of the plant. Right. I would right. do that, uh, this fall. Mm-hmm. And then you'll take that away in the spring. And then you'll cut the whole plant back when it starts to grow. And by that time, it's probably April oh. or May. Well, thank you so much for your idea. That's great. Thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, and thank you uh, very much for calling. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and come back. As a matter of fact, we have an email that we want to deal with uh, from Norma Robinson. But, um, you know, I had homework, too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. I did my homework. Gypsy Moths. Is Gypsy Moths yeah. was how we left it last week for Hannah, who oh. called in from Caledon. Okay, maybe we should cover that off as soon as you come back. All thank right, you. let's do that. Take a little break here. It is The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, let's go back to your little uh, project you had to uh, My homework. Some, yeah, your homework. No uh, gypsy rest, moths. Yeah, that, right? No rest for the wicked, I always say. <laughs> so, uh, yes, this was yeah. Hannah who called. And, you know, it was a, it's a timely call because the 2020 was a bumper crop of gypsy moths. It was a real uh, pandemic, if yeah. you will, of gypsy moths across southern Ontario. Now, this is a, a an insect that has arrived in Ontario. Of course, it's another one of those alien species. So the trick with the with gypsy moths 
and and why it's important that we're thinking about this now is that the all the moths are dead, the caterpillars are dead. It's the eggs that have been laid that are going to spend the winter waiting for spring to hatch. So now is the time we can be out scouting for those eggs. Uh-huh. Now they um they're often found on the bark of trees, but they'll the eggs can be found anywhere where there's a flat surface in a dry spot. So they'll always put their eggs on a vertical surface so that you know they don't get washed away by rain. Sort of a tan colored, almost a bit fuzzy looking. Um, the mass of eggs could be as, as both size of a quarter, mm-hmm. but it can be as big as a toonie. So it's sort of in that, that range that you're looking for. And if you do see that, of course, you scrape off those eggs and destroy. What will happen if you don't remove those eggs, of course, is in the spring, the eggs will hatch. The larvae, which are little caterpillars, will go up the tree and start feeding on the foliage of, you know, the brand new, mm-hmm. just growing new leaves. So initially, all these leaves start disappearing during the day, but you don't notice that first because they're just little tiny caterpillars or larvae, but as they get bigger, they eat more and more and more, and suddenly you realize that a bunch of the leaves are missing on your trees. So uh, what does this larva look like? Well, it's a dark-colored hairy, but it's got the double row of five pairs of blue spots. So very distinct to bright blue, mm. almost turquoise spots. So, and that's followed by a double row of six pairs of red spots, and this is all down the back of the larva. So again, you see those in the spring, squish them, or drown them, or do whatever the, the case may be. They stop feeding in July, they, they've destroyed all the foliage mm-hmm. they're going to, and uh, proceed to pupate and emerge as moths. So the the boy moths are small and kind of tan colored. The girl moths are big and robust and white, bright white. Uh, so that's uh, either easy to, to spot. And again, you see those moths, kill them. <laughs> now, the good news is that gypsy moth uh, real outbreaks like we saw this year only occur every seven to 10 years. So chances are we'll see fewer next year. And, and you know, keep in mind as well, birds eat them. Like there's lots of great mm-hmm. uh, animals that will um, look after wiping out the gypsy moth, including us. In the spring, if you see the larva, you can spray with Bt, which is a completely organic. It's actually a bacteria which will kill the the larva if you can contact them and of course right now is the time to be out there scouting for egg masses remove and destroy and one more thought is dormant spray you can apply dormant spray now temperature's got to be above zero which is going to happen next week Uh, and dormant spray where you've had issues with with uh, any of the gypsy moths and the dormant spray which is made of oil and lime sulfur will help suffocate those egg masses Okay. All right. Good, good moth-destroying there's, there's your story on gypsy moths. <laughs> All right. And uh, just a note to Myra, who's waiting on the line. We're going to get to you very shortly. But I did promise to uh, deal with an email that we had from Norma Robinson. And she says, two questions, please. <laughs> well, well, I'll see what we can do here. Charlie, can you please identify this pictured outdoor flower? It's fabulous how the inside petals are a completely different color than the outer petals of each bloom. And that's, I'll tell you right now, it's called Lantana. Lantana? Okay. Yeah. And then she goes on to say, and my friend was given an indoor hydrangea in May, and it was blue, but has since turned green. It's uh, in the rear of a small sunny room near the floor is the problem sunlight Love your work and Francis. <laughs> From Norma. Okay. So, Norma, there you go. So, hydrangea is spelled H Y D as in dog, R A 
N as in Norman, G-E-A. And this, this is a very similar question to what we just had from uh, Scarborough. And um, bottom line is that's a florist hydrangea. If it's in the house, get it into a sunny spot, mm-hmm. enjoy it, water as necessary. Once the blooms are, are finished or past their prime, trim out the blooms, allow it to be a green plant all winter. And, and again, just water as necessary. Uh, brighter, brighter spot is good if you want more flowers starting up in the spring. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, on the phone line is Myra, just around the corner, maybe here in Toronto. Hello, Myra. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank, and, and love your show. Thank I've, you. Uh, happy Halloween, and I've got a tricky question for you. Oh, good. I love tricky um, questions. I had purchased in the spring many packages of flower seeds mm-hmm. and planted most of them and forgot one little bundle. Um, sunflowers, lupins, cosmos, um, a couple of others, lavender. Can I plant them now? Because nature scatters her seeds in the fall, or should I hold on to spring, or are they still any good? Huh. Uh, good question. So all seeds are different uh, in terms of their ability to be, have, in terms of their shelf life. Uh, some of the ones you mentioned, like Cosmos, Sunflowers, those are all excellent. There's no reason in the world why you can't just keep them dry, dark for the winter, and scatter them in the garden in the spring, is what I would do. Uh, lavender and lupins, on the other hand, are going to take a little more thought. Lupins, I'm pretty sure your best time to scatter those is the this time of year. Well, naturally, you know, mm-hmm. that's what nature does, right? The lupin seeds actually are really scattered by the lupins back in June and July. So that's part of the process for some of these seeds is they need to be out in the environment before they can germinate. So my impulse would be to hold on to all those seeds till next spring. Uh, you could begin the process, if you have a bright enough spot indoors, to start germinating and starting them in the spring. Bring, you know, not till March or April. And then you've got little plants to go outside. But if you prefer to do the scatter thing, then, um, yeah, consider scattering once we're frost free any of those, those seeds. Thank, Thank you. you very, very much. That's most helpful. My pleasure. <laughs> bye bye now. Thanks, Take care. Myra. Okay. Uh, you are listening to Zoomer Radio AM 740 and in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. It's The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor, and we welcome Mary from. Keswick on the line. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Good morning. Uh, to each of you. I um, have a, a, hy- a hydrangea, not a hydrangea, <laughs> a hibiscus uh-huh. that I um, rescued from a raccoon. <laughs> and uh, all that I have that survived is one um, branch, which is now two summers. Oh, wow. But it was originally it was um, um, a stem off a stem. Right. Like and grown mm-hmm. um, and I want to know when I should trim it so that it just doesn't get thinner and thinner yeah exactly well more, many plants if if it's just planted with a single stem will continue to grow as a single stem so it sounds uh-huh. like you might have had a standard something that had been mm-hmm. trained so that there was a, a single stem at the bottom and then a bush on top yeah. Yeah. So you were able to rescue one branch, and that one branch is in the pot still, obviously, and growing with green leaves. Did it flower at all? No, it's not that big. It's um, actually the original main stem of uh, this is attached to what was a stem, mm-hmm. and uh, which is uh, not even that big either. Right. Um, I don't think it's an inch in diameter. Well, I guess it must be. It must be of that. But. Um, 
Um, I'm sorry, what, what did you ask well, me? Well, the flower? No, it didn't. Yeah. So, but the part that has come off of the uh, original rooted uh, stem mm-hmm. is about uh, maybe uh, maybe 12 inches, 10, 10 yeah. to 12 inches, maybe 10 okay. inches probably. And I imagine you've got it in the house right now and you keep it in a sunny window for the winter? Yeah. Okay. So what I would do, I mean, you could prune it now, but I wouldn't. Plants right now, tropical plants, know winter's coming. So even inside our homes, they know the days have gotten shorter. uh, So they have slowed down in their growth and they're basically hunkering down for the winter. Even when Mm -hmm. we keep them in that sunny window, we water as necessary. You're not going to see a lot of growth off plants for the next few months. But as soon as the days are really longer by, you know, late February, early March, we see this big burst of growth inside our homes and that's when you get your pruners out and and remember you take the tip off that 12 inch branch you're talking about you take the tip off you'll suddenly get a whole bunch of more branches and it's kind of exponential the more the more you remove the terminal or the tip of a plant like hibiscus the more side branching you'll get mm-hmm. but the time to do it is when it's actively growing which like i say is going to be february or march right all right okay Thank you very uh, well, much. Well, that answers my question. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very right. welcome. Thank you, Thanks Mary. for calling. You know, I've got a huge smile on my face. You do. Face I'm because, wondering well, why. <laughs> I, I'm looking through the glass here at you, and uh, Charlie is a very attractive lady. Uh, I've said that before, and I mean that. But today, <laughs> she's wearing a fright wig that's uh, totally white. It looks like Albert Einstein's hair, actually, with a pair of huge glasses. <laughs> I know, I keep banging into glasses. them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard just... for me to look and, and uh, treat what you're saying seriously. Well, uh, you know, you but, being Hugh Hefner, after well, all, that yes, probably has you. something to do with it, too. <laughs> with, Don't take anybody seriously. Sounds uh, <laughs> a cummerbund, yeah. Okay, Ray in Toronto. Good morning. Welcome along. Hi, Ray. Did we lose Ray? Hello, Ray. Yeah, good morning, Ray. I keep hitting my microphone with my glasses. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there we are. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Good morning to you both. Thank you. Happy Halloween. for taking my call. Uh Uh-huh. How do I get rid of English ivy permanently? It's It's invasive. Yes, it is. Taking over everything. So it's outside in your garden somewhere? It's in the garden, it's in the vegetable patch, it's oh, in the lawn, up the wall, and it cracks in the sidewalk. Oh, dear. <laughs> Did you plant it originally, and now you're kicking yourself? Uh, it's actually invaded from... The neighbor. Oh, okay. Boy. Yeah, you know, it's a problem. Because actually, I did that. I planted mm-hmm. back in my last house English ivy, and it really became... It's a lovely ground cover yeah, in a shady garden. But then garden, it just got out of control. But it just decides to go right out to the lawn and up oh, the walls and to the neighbors. Okay. So you know what I did? I hired local teenagers with shovels because you cutting it out will do you no good. And it is very... It's very well rooted. That is a very strong plant when it comes to getting its roots down into the ground so you cannot just cut it off at ground level you actually have to dig it out root and all everywhere it's and, rooted and the roots are they long uh, no it... it's just a really te- uh, what's the word like tenacious they're crazy yeah they're and, and you just you think oh I, i'll just rip it up but they're not shallow rooted they get their yeah. roots down and they're strong roots and they're very woody stems eventually once the plant yeah. is older so yeah I'm a, i hate to tell you this but it really is a dig 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 i mean otherwise they there's no easy way to suffocate ivy because it's going up walls and everywhere yeah. else into gardens. People will sometimes use Roundup to deal with uh, invasive plants. But the problem with 
Roundup, of course, is that it kills everything. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to be very, very careful if you're anywhere near plants that you love or in the lawn, that sort of thing. But uh, it's a lot of digging, I'm afraid to say. And the sooner you do it in the spring when it's just starting a flush of growth, the easier it is to, to get going. All right. Well, good luck with that, Ray. Boy, oh boy, it uh, yeah. sounds like a real problem. It is. It? Mm. it really is. And talk okay. to the neighbor who planted it. Right. <laughs> uh, let me give the phone numbers here. We have a couple of lines open right now in Toronto. Call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740. And I'm looking at my bell. No one has yeah. called a first-time Nobody's... caller. I'm I... looking for them. I know. Oh, well. I have a feeling Ray might have been a first-time caller. Yeah, I didn't recognize his voice. Yeah, Mm. Uh, Vicky is on the line, though, from uh, Toronto. Good morning, Vicky. Good morning. I love your program, and I am a first-time caller. Oh, Oh, here you go. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I have a question about my cherry tree. I have a cherry tree that's pretty old, Mm. and now I uh, noticed last year. Actually, I noticed a root is right up above the grass. Mm. It's and it's a very, very thick root. So when we when we mow the lawn, yeah, we kind scalping. of scraping it. Mm-hmm. So I just wondered if that could be just chopped off, or would it mm. would it hurt the tree? Yes, yes, it needs its roots. So how far away from the trunk of the tree is that root, roughly? About uh, two feet. Okay, so it's not that far. You know what I would do? I would make a garden under that cherry tree. Like, I would not have lawn under the tree. I mean, we know we never want lawn right up to any of our trees because right. otherwise we're out there with our, you know, our, our whippersnippers and we're snipping and, and taking away bark. So yes. we always have that circular mulch uh, beneath our trees for at least, you know, a foot away from the trunk of the tree. Right. But in the case where a, a root has grown at such a high level, I would be inclined to, depending on, you know, where it is in your yard and the shape of what would work, I would be inclined to make a, a garden under there and let that root do its thing and just choose some, you know, more sort of shade tolerant, some hostas, mm. some, you know, there's there's lots and lots of good choices of plants that do well beneath right. cherries and beneath trees. Um, but it, But it's not a good idea to chop it. No. No, no, because it's so just, huge right now, right? Well, you know, cherries, think about it. Like, the fruit that grows on the cherry is super sweet, and the mm-hmm. plant produces all that sugar. Right. When you start chopping into into the bark, or like the root that's at the surface, you are going to attract all kinds of pests because you're going to uh, all of a sudden expose all kinds of liquid, oh. which tends to be very sugary. Yes, so yes, it's I just not cherry trees already have a lot of susceptibility to various diseases and, and insects. So, yes. and when it's an old tree like that, it, it's not very vigorous, so it's not going to heal a wound very well. So mm-hmm. I would just work around the tree rather than doing any unnecessary wounding personally. Okay, that's great. Thank okay. you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Love your program. Thank you. Thank you. And have a great weekend. Yeah. All courtesy of the gang here at Zuma Radio. Oh, there's, by the way, quick plug. Yeah. Tonight uh, at 7 o'clock, there is going to be a fabulous, scary, spooky, spectacular. Our uh, One of our music directors, uh, Paul Serreta, has chosen some absolutely wild stuff. Norm what, Edwards that is the, uh, that's uh, tonight at uh, 7. Oh, it's 7. Yeah, and it's going to be a dandy. It's going to be a dandy. <laughs> I look uh, forward to We that. have to take a little bit of a yes. break here, right. then come back say hi to Linda, waiting patiently online from Port Perry. Back in just a moment here with Charlie Dobbin on Zuma Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means... There's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? 
Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing. And she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a lovely little town that we cover, of course, with our signal, Port Mm -hmm. Perry. Linda online. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Morning. I just have a little story to share with you because you both like dressing up. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend and I one time dressed up as mechanics in Toronto, and we went around a really rich neighborhood. (laughs) And the first door we knocked on, the guy had called for a mechanic, and he said, thought we were the real thing. <laughs> so he let you in and put you to work on the furnace or something? <laughs> did you, did you anyway, get some candy? <laughs> thanks for the show. It's wonderful. I have irisine. Yes. And I've been taking cuttings. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, every time I dip them in the root stimulator, should that be every week until they root or... Once. Change the water or just once? Just once. So when okay. you take the cuttings, remember you're going to remove some of the lower leaves. Yes. Dip that, the cut end, including those, the, the little bumps where the leaves were called nodes. Yeah. Dip that whole little cutting into water. Then dip that whole wet stem into the rooting hormone. Then tap off excess powder and then take that cutting and you can go into a glass of water. You can go into moist perlite, moist sand. Even just plain old moist uh, potting mix and just keep the whole thing moist. Remember, when it doesn't have any roots, you want to maintain as high humidity around the plant as you can, but the roots will grow very quickly. Okay. And And uh, so as soon as it's rooted, you put it in the soil? Yep. Yeah, and then water as normal. Of course, it's going to need a bright spot in your home over the winter, and then you do this for next spring, obviously. You, great. You use it in the garden. Thanks a lot. That's great. Don't, Thank- don't eat too much candy. <laughs> you got it. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Thank you, Linda. Nice to have you along. Um, back to an email here. We've got uh, yes. uh, from Monica Ahrens in Newmarket. Mm. Subject, slug bait. Oh, this sounds delicious. Yes. Mm-hmm. She says, hi, Charlie. Listening to your show this morning and hearing your tip about poisoning slugs. I used to use slug poison as well until one day I witnessed a fabulous big toad eating slugs. Oh, my. My concern was that now I had perchance also poisoned the toad. If the slug is poisoned and something eats a slug, I would think that the poison will continue to work through the food chain. No? Hmm? From Monica in, in Newmarket. Yeah, I know. Good question. Good question. And notice the date on this. Um, Monica, this is an email from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, right. So... Just a, a little bit of background. There used to be the slug bait that was very commonly u- uh, used by all gardeners, hobby gardeners, for the, you know, 30, 20 years ago was on the shelf as a little pellet. And the active ingredient was something called metaldehyde, which is quite a toxic uh, poison. And it was something that there was 
yeah, birds could eat it, small children could eat yeah, it, dogs oh, could eat it, right? So when the rules changed around the use of chemicals on our mm-hmm. for hobby gardeners and on our for homeowners, that product was taken off the shelf and is no longer available in Ontario. Uh, so it was replaced with a slug bait that if you look at the active ingredient, it's called it's iron phosphate, or it'll say ferrous phosphate. And so ferrous phosphate or iron phosphate is completely naturally occurring. We, it's in our soil. Uh, it is approved for organic gardeners to use. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so the question of whether this, this slug becomes poisonous after eating the iron phosphate is a good question because, yeah, it's a bit of a philosophical one. Nobody really knows what they do know that it's if we go and we kill all the slugs with all these baits, then we mess up the circle of life. Because who relies on eating slugs besides big toads, but also ground beetles, birds, hedgehogs, lizards, moles, all kinds of animals and, yeah. and other um, birds, etc. eat Slugs. So really, in a sense, the, what you're saying, Monica, is a good point that really just don't even kill the slugs. If you've got a healthy garden with lots of good mm-hmm. life in it, those slugs will get chowed down on by toads, etc. And you don't need to put out slug bait. Um, but I don't I can't really tell you for sure whether that iron phosphate that the slug has eaten will kill a toad. I'm not sure. Okay. okay. All right. Well, honest is honest. Yeah. 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 And it's a slow poison. It's a stomach poison. Like they don't die immediately. The slugs crawl away and die in the dark somewhere. Nobody, no. nobody sees them. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going to be uh, going back into the phone lines in just a couple of moments to say hi to Noreen, Gabriella, and Valerie. But we have to take our next little break here on the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Professor. Let's go back to the lines here. Noreen's uh, hanging in there from North York. Good morning, Noreen. (laughs) Hi, Noreen. Morning. Hi, it's more. It's Maureen. Maureen. I'm sorry. I see it oh, as Maureen. Okay. It's it's just Maureen. Hugh Hefner. Good morning, Charlie. He's good mis- morning, Count Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, my question is about perennials, short because I know there's other colors. You know how we water the bushes and the trees. Our perennials, like our hydrangea and our hosses and that, do we keep watering those until a hard frost too? No, it's not as important because the perennials, as you know, are going to go dormant for the winter and all their leaves after a hard frost just drop to the ground. So you don't want a super dry soil, but the, um, the, you don't, the dormant perennials like hostas, the dormant shrubs like hydrangeas are not losing moisture through the winter the way the evergreens are. Because evergreens are never truly dormant. So they've got those green leaves, if you will, that will, the sun and the wind will allow moisture to desiccate or um, transpire from the, mm-hmm. those leaf surfaces. So that's why it's so important with the evergreens as, as the number one priority for watering before winter really sets in. Okay, 
thank you. And I love your red glasses. I want a pair of those. <laughs> Aren't they well? Well, thank you. Oh, They're just totally yeah. in my way when I'm trying to drink coffee, but whatever. <laughs> thank you very much, Liz. Our, our, uh, Maureen, pardon me. Uh, Gabriella in Toronto on the line next. Good morning, Gabriella. Yes, good morning. I enjoy your show immensely for decades. Oh, thank you. Uh, I forgot to write down what you told me about the evergreens, but I, I enjoy hearing other people uh, tell us about their problems. I've already cleaned up my hoses. That's one oh, of the yeah. problems. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Now, what what I did last year is I bought amaryllis. Mm-hmm. One of them grew in the package, in the box that it came in. Yeah. So I was yeah. really disappointed. But two of them did really well. In fact, one of them had more than one stem coming out, so Sweet. I had double sets of yeah, flowers. Yeah. Uh, I gave up on them, and and th- now this morning I started reading the stupid well the box, and I never read boxes. <laughs> so yeah, you know I'm I'm one of those things. People, could you tell me whether I could still rescue them, and what soil I would need, and and whether I should be, whether I should be fertilizing them. Okay, so the one that was in the box is still in the box? That blo- then, well, bloomed? I threw that one out oh, okay. because it w- didn't go anywhere, but I had two, and, the, and uh, the, they bloomed profusely. Right, and they were in, in my pots. bedroom. Uh, okay. I have southern exposure. I'm right. looking at them right now. I'm not sure if they're completely dead or not. I forgot, a, you know, like my central air doesn't always work that well because the box is... Put them in a cool place. Yeah. Well, haha. Okay, a well, bit on. late. So the two that are in pots bloomed in your bedroom last winter, and then what? Okay, so, uh, so Gabrielle, I'm not sure. I just Carlos just told me in my ear that Gabrielle is off the line. But oh, dear. bottom okay. line is, if they're in pots, you should just sing whether they're dead or not. Right. It's, uh, it's okay, Gabriella. It's fine if uh, if they're in pots. The only question I have is: Are there any green leaves on these plants? I know they're not flowering. They flowered last winter. The trick is is to let them grow green leaves all last spring and through the summer. Mm-hmm. And then just put them into that cool, dark location and let all the leaves shrivel up, which is where my amaryllis are right now. They're in my basement in the dark, no yeah. water. Leaves are shriveling up, and the intention is to bring them out, and they should be flowering around Christmas time. So that if you've got leaves uh, and you've been watering, uh, and you've been watering all spring and summer, then put them away for eight weeks, and then they, you're good to go. Okay. Thank you. We're trying to squeeze all the callers in we can this morning. Valerie in Etobicoke, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm just wondering if there's any point in putting hanging baskets of mainly geraniums into the insulated garage for the winter. Is there Mm. any hope that they would survive? Well, geraniums are pretty tough. Uh, Of course, if we lived in Florida, they would be a perennial uh, because they, I mean, they're good to about, you know, two degrees below zero. Anything below that, they they start to really shrivel up and, uh, you know, get down to about seven or eight below zero and they will die. So if your insulated garage stays in that range and never, you know, we don't know what kind of winter's coming, but uh, if you're gonna, your garage never gets colder than about five below zero, they're likely to survive. Okay, right. Right. So, well, I'll try that for the yeah. first time because they take so much room up in the house. <laughs> well, I remember in that cool, they will uh, go semi-dormant. So you yeah. will water, but not a lot. Yeah. And you'll probably, and you know, even just cutting them back can be quite uh, a good idea. Take up less room and, and allow, like it's the, the crown of the plant where the stems and the roots come together. That's the important part you want to keep alive because okay. new growth well, will always pop in the spring. 
Great. Well, I'll try that for this winter. Let us know how that works. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much for joining us here on a Saturday morning. It's a beautiful-looking day out there. I know. Uh, One final caller, probably, uh, Marlene in Thornhill with a question for you. Charlie, good morning, Marlene. Hi there. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, hold on. Hallelujah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thank you for all the advice over the years. I have a sick, beautiful Japanese maple, the Mm -hmm. one with the very fine leaves. Yeah. It's prob- and I, I sent you an email because I didn't think I was going to get through, but it, with some pictures, right. it's, um, its trunk is cracking. Mm-hmm. It's probably about 20 years old. We noticed this summer that some of the branches were dying off. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if insects have gotten in there or what, but any suggestions? Yeah, pro- it depends when the crack. What does it look like when you look at the cracked bark on this plant? Is it dry? Is it healed? Is it scarred? Or it's, is it it's moist? It's peeling off. It seems to be peeling off. I okay. do. There, there are some in your email. There are some. I sent okay. you a few pictures. Well, but, let me, um, Marlene, let me check with it. Go back to your email because I had a few questions about Japanese maples this past, you know, few months. And um, yeah, cracked trunk is never good. It does open the plant up to diseases and pests. If the plant is healthy and vigorous, they'll they'll typically heal that the the crack, and you will see scar tissue where it's healed, and it'll be a dry, clean situation. If the par- the bark is really peeling and looks like it's continuing to peel, then it's not as as positive. But let me, like I said, I'll check. Let me check back on my uh, emails, and I will take a close look at the photographs and give you a response on my suggestion. That would be that, that would be wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for joining Take the care. show. You too. Happy and Halloween. In the remaining moments we have in the show left, uh, we can answer, uh, at least Charlie can answer this question from <laughs> Valerie Fraggle. Uh, um, let's see. Good morning, Charlie. My lawn was reseeded three weeks ago using a blend of different uh, varieties of seed. When should I cut the lawn without ripping up the new shoots? Aww, Valerie in Scarborough. Yeah, question. and again, that's about a month old, that email. Mm-hmm. So just rule of thumb, don't ever be walking on brand new little seedlings. Wait until they're at least about ooh, two and a half, three and a half, even four inches tall and then you definitely want to mow. And remember with winter coming, we all want to do our final mow down about to the lower your blades. You want a shorter cut right. for your last mow than you did back in the July, August. So we set it for three inches in the summer and down to two inches for the overwintering mowing job. Okay. So I'd say you could definitely be mowing now. Thanks, Valerie. All right. That just about wraps things up uh, uh, with the exception does. of saying uh, good for you for bringing in the, the wondrous costume you've got on there. The <laughs> fright wig, uh, the huge glasses that uh, our listeners downright scary. And but I have my, uh, I've actually got my tuxedo shirt I on. I love it. I love you it. You know, the dress shirt, along with this uh, red house coat. <laughs> house coat, uh, exactly. Smoking jacket. Supposedly Hugh Hefner style. But, you know, that's, I was racing in here late, right? Yeah. So I just thought, forget the costume, and I was like racing up to the building, and then you came to the door, and I went, oh! And then I raced back <laughs> to my car to grab my, my well, wig and, and my glasses. And, uh, I brought in, now, <laughs> folks, I have to describe, it's it's a, a mask uh, it's really made ugly. of coconut. It's really ugly. And it really is an ugly looking it's thing. It's really but, scary. Uh, that's what I opened the show with, in case we can get that online. Yep, I don't know, it's there. Yep, okay, it's that's there. good. It's really ugly. Okay, uh, and uh, thank okay. you again for uh, yeah. all the questions. And Keep in advance, keep Movember, yeah. if you can, right. folks, I'd be really pre- pleased if you uh, Frank could do that. Yeah. P-R-O-C-T-O-R. Thanks, everybody. You got it. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you, Carlos. <laughs> See you again next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.